0: Welcome to My Strength and My Shield, a podcast about spiritual and self-care. My name is Nisi, and this is episode 38, Life After Degree. This episode, the focus will be on academic success and career planning and all the things you should be thinking about, both during your time in college and after deciding when to pursue a degree after college and your career and all of those things that come with those decisions. I'm excited to have another guest on the podcast, Miss Danielle Bell, which many of you may know from Tumblr as Danielle Martina, who's also the creator of her own business, Martina Writing Services. If you haven't done so already, please leave a rating on iTunes if you're excited about the black girl magic me and Danielle are getting into with this collaboration. We are both women of God who have passions when it comes to the world of academia and also our side projects. And the conversation we have is amazing. Like, listen all the way to the end because we have nuggets of wisdom. She's both going to answer some questions that people sent into her as well as just have a conversation with me about making some of the big decisions that I talked about before. Just as a heads up, this is the first time I'm doing an interview that's long distance. Danielle was not in front of me when we were recording, and that means that the sound quality isn't the best. You know that I'm doing this podcast as a passion project, meaning I'm not sponsored by Blue Apron and Squarespace, and I'm not recording in a studio, but I wanted to be able to bring to you this conversation with Danielle because it's a, just at that moment in may when this is coming out where people are graduating or in the space between semesters and people have these big questions that i wanted to tackle and i didn't want to just not have the conversation because danielle was not in front of me um, and this conversation she's in georgia i'm in new york and the conversation is important so bear with me when it comes to the sound quality, okay? <laughs> I'm hoping that this podcast grows and I can get some better equipment, but right now I'm working with what I'm working with. So if you want to help the podcast grow a little bit more, again, leave a rating on iTunes so that we can continue to improve the quality of this this podcast another way to help the podcast grow is to purchase my ebook take care beloved which is available on my website www.mystrengthandmyshield.com it's an ebook and a five-day bible study plan that focuses on emotional wellness and building relationship with yourself and with god and you know the book doesn't cost a lot of money it's 3.99 it's a resource for you to use whether it's on a day that you're feeling low or that you just need some inspiration, or if you're in a season where you're not particularly feeling close to God and you don't know what the next steps are, which again goes with all the things we're talking about today, which is you're planning, you're thinking, you're doing, and you wanna step out on faith. You wanna step out in a way that you're doing what God calls you to do. And it's so difficult because when you're in an academic setting, you're looking around and seeing what everyone else is doing and it's hard to carve out your own path when there's preconceived notions about what you should and should not be doing. So if you're striving to get closer to God, this resource for you, Take Care, Beloved, is amazing because it really focuses on your spiritual well-being as well as your emotional and mental health. It's important that these are the things that you incorporate into your day-to-day life. And it's my goal that both with this conversation and with that book – that you're not waiting until a crisis moment to begin to seek God, that you're not waiting until a crisis moment to begin to prioritize your mental and spiritual health. Let's get the tools from now to do what we have to do so that when we stumble a little bit, we know what to rely on. We know how to pray already. You know, the first time we pray shouldn't be when we're in crisis. It should be something that's natural to us. It's normal to us to speak to God when things are good and when things are bad. So those are the ways to help support the podcast. I'm super excited about this conversation with Danielle. And before we dive into this episode, as always, we are going to start with prayer. So if you could close your eyes and lend your spirit as we move forward in prayer, let's let's go ahead and do that right now. Dear Lord, thank you for this sacred space that you've created. I know and you know and we know that this podcast is more than just something to listen to as we're driving or as we're working or just to pass the time. We know that this sacred space allows us to get the tools necessary to position us in a space of success. We know that you want us to have life and to have it more abundantly. We know that life is difficult, but you've provided a path for peace for us. Allow us to have the conversations to help us get to the space where we feel like we're doing what you want us to do. A lot of times when we're focusing on school, we can begin to worship our classes and our grades and this idea of success. Allow us to take a step away from that, away from the rat race of just trying to get an A on everything and feeling like a failure if we don't achieve that goal. And instead, allow us to be smart. Allow us to be purposeful. Allow us to do what Danielle talks a little bit more in our interview about being, having an entrepreneurial mindset even while we're in school. Encourage us. Discipline us. Allow us to focus on what's important and weed out the unnecessary distractions. Allow this conversation to help us orient ourselves around you, whether we're in class, out of class, trying to make those big decisions for the future. I pray that whoever listens to this podcast gets a word in season that maybe it hits them in a space of a place where they felt empty, that it fills them with you, that at a time and a place where they might be confused about the next steps, that the things we talk about today helps them to take that next step, that big leap, the thing that feels like a risk. Allow them to make those big decisions knowing that you'll catch them, that as long as we make choices with you in mind, you will not let us fall. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Now, the meat of this podcast episode is going to be the conversation I have with Danielle. But before we get into that, I did want to provide us with some Bible verses that I want you to keep in mind as you're pursuing a degree, as you're pursuing success. One of the things that's interesting about our journey as Christians is how many people falter when it's time to go to school. And I know for me as I was in different Christian groups when I was in in school, when I went to Northwestern. I was involved with House on the Rock. I was also involved with um, the Gospel Choir and things like that. But I still found myself floundering, not just in terms of socially being exposed to so many new things, that independence, that freedom of being away at school and having to make those difficult decisions. And, you know, your parents aren't around, so you're making the decisions on your own. That is another... Whole different conversation about the struggles of having the independence. But another thing that was difficult while I was in school was staying focused because there were so many different distractions. So I want us to think about a couple of things, and I'm going to give you three points with some Bible verses, things to keep in mind to help you stay focused. I want you to know that the four years or the five years or how many years you spend in undergrad or even the time you spend pursuing a professional degree, whether it's in grad school or law school or med school, you don't want to waste that time. That time is still time that you can use to focus on what God has called you to do. And your path to success in an academic setting should not deviate from the path that God has for you. Um, You might look around and see what everyone else is doing. That doesn't mean that God isn't speaking to you. God might be telling you to go this way or that way. And you have to be ever patient to hear what he has to say. So here's the things that I want you to keep in mind. Okay. The first thing is your degree is not your worth. Your degree is not your worth. I get a lot of questions about people feeling like failures because they aren't doing well in their classes or they don't think they're smart enough to pursue XYZ career. Remember, college, school, academic settings measure your ability to absorb information. It has nothing to do with whether you're a good or a bad person, whether you have value or whether you'll be successful. You have to remind yourself that who you are is not wrapped up in your degree. Both because school is hard, right? And so you might stumble. And if you continuously attach your ability to be successful to your grades, you will beat yourself up. So you know school is hard enough without you attaching your value and self-worth to your grades. That if you're getting an A in a class, then it means you're a good person. And if you're getting a C or a D, it means you're a failure, you're a bad person, you're a loser. is a spiral that can cause issues all the way down the line. But another reason why you shouldn't wrap yourself worth in your grades is because you'll be in for a rude awakening when you graduate from school and you don't know who you are because you've seen yourself as a student for so long and you took no time to develop your career. If you've ever heard about people having a quarter-life crisis, a lot of it is attached to the fact that after you graduate undergrad and it's time for you to start making decisions about your future, it's hard to do so because you haven't figured out who you are. so you spent four years pursuing a degree and you've identified yourself like if someone comes and tells ask you the question who are you you first say well I'm a student at such and such and I'm studying such and such when you take that away and you're left with just this degree and you still have to make adult decisions you'll be stuck because you spent all this time valuing who you are based off of your degree I'm encouraging you right now to remind yourself that your degree is not your worth in Luke 12 verse 6 through 7 It says, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why even the hairs of your head are numbered? Fear not, you have more value than sparrows. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why even the hairs of your head are all numbered? Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. The important thing to remember with this Bible verse is that the the purpose is this image of sa- of sparrows which are small birds and they get sold, you know, 5 of them for 2 pennies, right? And even God knows each sparrow. He created all of us. He created every living thing. So this Bible verse reminds us that we have worth whether we recognize it or not. Whether you recognize that you're more important than even the sparrows who are bought and sold. You have value, God knows you, God created you. You are more than a student. You are more than a person who does or doesn't do well when it comes to grades. Know that God created you to have many purposes. You have purpose as a friend, purpose as a sibling, purpose as a child, purpose as a partner, purpose as an individual and in your career. Your story does not begin and end with your grades. There's more to you than that. And that's a message for someone who's either doing well or not doing well in school. If you think that you're the bee's knees because you're doing well and you're looking at other people and feeling better than others, understand that you're going to be in for a rude awakening. Because when you get into a job where everyone has the degree that you have, you'll realize that you're not as special, that you have to find different ways to distinguish yourself. And that often comes down to your character. After you graduate, like I was a person that did well in school and I needed to do well in my GPA to maintain scholarships. So I know how important academic success is. But I'm telling you, when you're in a space where you're not that special person because everyone has a degree, you still have to find a way to know who you are and to make those decisions moving forward, Okay? There's more to you than your degree. There's more to you than your GPA. The next thing that I want you to remember is that there are different paths to success. A degree is a degree, regardless of how many years it took you to get there. There are some people who need more years to finish their college degree, or others who need to take a break in between pursuing degrees. I once got a question from someone who said they felt like a failure because they needed to take a break between undergrad and med school. And I responded that I took two years off between undergrad and law school. Does that make me a failure? No, because there's many ways to get from point A to point B. In law school, there were people who went straight through, some people who took time off, and some people who had completely different careers and at 40 decided to switch and went into law school. Life rarely goes in a straight line. You have plans, and then the plans change. But deciding that you have to get, a certain, get to a certain place in a specific way, and if you don't get there in that way, it means you're a failure, that's just going to beat you up and beat up your self-esteem. You have to be flexible. That's often the difference between someone who is successful and someone who's not successful, is it's not just coming down to your success or your natural abilities. It's your ability to be flexible. If you're hearing a sign in the background, that's my coffee machine. So I apologize, don't mean to interrupt. But what I'm trying to say is your ability to be successful often comes down to your ability to be flexible. That if life uh, throws you a curveball, that you don't completely get off track. Like if you need to retake a class, retake a class. See it as a way to get from point A to point B. And if you sit there and beat yourself up because you have to retake a class, it's wasted energy. Be upset for a moment, recalibrate, and move forward. You need to be ever listening to the ways that God is trying to position you for success. Don't be so limited in your scope that you think there's only one way to achieve your goals. Don't compare your path to other people. Pay attention to God and how he leads you. In Proverbs 2, verse 1 through 5, it says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. This Bible verse is powerful because it talks about so many things. And the Bible verse, I always leave them, or I try to leave them on my website, which is www.mystrengthandmyshield.com. There you'll find the Bible verses for this episode. But it says, make your ear attentive to wisdom. What that means is you have to be paying attention to the ways that God is trying to make you knowledgeable. Being knowledgeable is not just about being smart and knowing all the questions on Jeopardy. It's about being able to know when to go, when to stop, using discernment, and being wise. Being wise, seeking counsel, paying attention to the different ways that life can go. You have to seek knowledge and seek understanding. Don't be frustrated when, you know, you hit a roadblock and you're just like, God, what am I supposed to do? Think about it. Think it through. Think about the different paths. Be active as you seek the different paths to success. Just because you hit a roadblock doesn't mean that that's where your story ends. You have to continue to keep going. You have to continue to listen to God about the next steps. So the first thing that I said is your degree is not your worth. The second thing is that there are different paths to success. And the last thing is your professors are your employees. Make them work for you. One of the biggest mistakes you can make in school is not utilizing your professors. I talked about it in episode 37 where I talked about asking for help and how to do that. You have to know that your professors get paid to answer your questions. They get paid to do office hours. They get paid to help you succeed. The idea that you went to school and you must know everything or you're a failure is beyond foolish. Like, serious, it's just, it's just foolish. If you knew everything, you'd be teaching the class. Do not wait until you're failing to go to your professors for extra help. Develop relationships with them, not only for grades, but because you may need them for letters of recommendation, and you want them to be able to put in their letter more than Sally came to class every day. You want them to be able to talk about your drive and your push and your ambition, and that for you, getting an A- wasn't enough. You wanted to get that A. That's what they want. That You want to be able to have those professors as a resource. You also pay with your tuition for career services and academic advising. A lot of us only go to our deans or advisors when something goes wrong. Again, big mistake. At the top of every semester, you need to look at your classes, look at your syllabus, or even before you get to selecting your class, like as you're preparing for the next semester, Make a plan that is recognizing your strengths and your weaknesses. And talk to your advisors. Ask for advice. Ask for career tips. Help with your resume. Help deciding if you should even be taking these classes. I know there were times where I was selecting classes just because this is what my friends were doing, and not necessarily figuring out, is this necessary for my degree? Am I unnecessarily taking a a harder class when I could take an easier class and get an A? You know, those are the things you want to talk to your advisor about. Your tuition pays for resources, and it's foolish to squander those resources. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, it says, the point is, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. The point is, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. See your academic success as something that you sow and reap the rewards of later on. What you put in, you will get out. Be honest with yourself. See where you're being lazy or where you're putting too much effort in the wrong places, which is often an issue, right? Like you might be someone that is super busy and all over the place, and it means that you're not doing well because you haven't focused in. So into your future by talking to advisors and professors and anticipating some of the struggles you might have And then you'll reap the rewards later. When you've started to make a plan at the beginning, you have success at the future. So remember, your professors are your employees. Make them work for you. Don't just go to class and get back to your dorm room and be upset when you don't understand the information. Don't squander the resources. You have these big institutions where people are getting paid thousands of dollars to teach you, to give you lessons, to give you resources. Don't just let those go to waste. Utilize them. Utilize them, utilize them, utilize them. For the next part of the podcast, I'm very excited to have the second person on our podcast that we'll be interviewing. Uh, her name is Danielle Prokel Bell and you may know her from tumblr if you found this podcast through tumblr and you follow me on your big sis nisi you may have heard of danielle martina and that's actually a way that we got into contact we've actually been following each other for years and been messaging back and forth and i'm very excited to have her on the podcast to have this conversation with us she's currently a phd student in nashville tennessee studying english and she just finished her second year of her phd program she's currently teaching black feminist literature She's also the founder and lead editor of Martina Writing Services, which is a business that she started all on her own, in addition to the work that she's doing. So she's a very busy woman. I'm very blessed to have her on the podcast. And so without any further ado, Danielle, if you could tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself, you know, just say hi and we'll get started
1: well hi everyone my name Danielle and first I have to say thank you so much for such a generous introduction
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: as Nisi said um, I'm the founder and lead editor of Martina writing services and our goal is to help college students and graduate students do well in the degree program that they're in and also help them transition if they're for instance applying to graduate school or applying to college and we also help millennial professionals by helping them with their resume, with their interviews, with their cover letters. So we do a whole range of things revolving around writing, um, but I'm also really interested in academic coaching and just helping students and millennials in general to understand their purpose and help find their purpose within a professional setting.
0: That's amazing, and so I do wanna get into, there's a myriad of conversations that we can have and I want to get started by you sharing a little bit more about yourself in terms of, could you share some of the things that you're personally passionate about?
1: Okay. Well, I'm passionate about so, so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, firstly, I'd have to say God and my relationship with Christ is something that I'm very passionate about. Um, and I'm a member of Mount Zion Baptist Church, if anyone listening is from Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very passionate about that. And I'm also very passionate about education I have so far three degrees, <laughs> working on the fourth. Mm-hmm. So I'm very passionate about using the opportunity to, opportunities that I've had to pursue my education and using that to help the people around me. Um, and I'd have to say I'm also passionate about just working one-on-one with students. And I love just having conversations with people about their passions, what they think they want to pursue. Um, that's the best thing to me about Martina Writing Services and just about being a teacher or educator in general in the college setting.
0: A lot of the things that you talked about that you're passionate are obviously the studies that you've done. So it would be great if you could share a little bit of your experience. How was your experience in undergrad?
1: Okay. Um, Well, first of all, um, I'm from a Caribbean household, immigrant household. Mm -hmm. I'm a a first-generation American. So for people who are from a similar background, I know you are too, Yes, (laughs)
0: um,
1: we know that our parents can be very directive (laughs) with Mm -hmm. what we should pursue educationally. Mm -hmm. And so when I was growing up, I was told I essentially had two options. I could be a doctor or a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Everyone knew I had no aptitude for science. So they were going to push me into the legal field right. because I'm a very argumentative, talkative person. <laughs> um, so that's what I thought I was going to do. Um, but I I knew that I could do any major and go to law school. So I did what I was passionate about, which is English. I love writing and I love reading. Um, but then once I got further in my undergraduate education and it became time to start preparing for the LSAT and to start thinking seriously about where I wanted to go, to law school, I just had to come to this self-realization that that's my parents' dream, but it's not my dream.
0: Mm-hmm. I think,
1: you know, every every profession has its merits. It's just about finding which profession is right for you. Mm-hmm. And so that was my moment of figuring out, I actually want to become a professor and I want to join academia. I don't want to go down the route of going to law school and becoming an attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, So undergrad was just a really transformative time for me, because that is when I realized what I really wanted to do and started stepping in that purpose, which has translated to pursuing two master's degrees and now doing the PhD in English and teaching. And I just love teaching. So I'm so happy that In undergrad, starting in undergrad, I took that time to figure out what I'm actually passionate about so that now I'm in the place where I'm teaching college students what I love, Black Feminist Theory, and just teaching them how to become better writers, better critical thinkers, and I just feel so fulfilled by what I'm able to do on a daily basis professionally, Um, so I'm very happy that I had that foundation starting in undergrad
0: what were some specific things that you did in undergrad that helped you to figure out that path because i know for me in undergrad i had a very similar experience that my parents actually expected me to be a doctor um, and my older sister is a doctor so when i went to school i started off thinking i was going to take these intense biology classes And then I eventually dropped all of those classes, started taking philosophy and getting involved in student groups like student government and also getting involved in an organization called Minorities in Pursuit of Law. And that kind of helped to cement me figuring out what I actually wanted to do. So what were the things that you did in undergrad that helped you, you know, once you made the decision that you wanted to do things on your terms and not necessarily just for your parents, what are the choices that you made to help you on that path?
1: I think that internships um, and research are really great just for anyone to help you figure out what path you want to go on. For me personally, I did a summer research opportunity program actually at Northwestern Mm -hmm. um, for two months. That was back in 2013. Mm -hmm. And so basically I was shadowing a professor and sort of getting a firsthand experience about what it's like being a graduate student in English. And I just really, really loved that intensive experience at the time of my life mm-hmm. at Northwestern. And I knew that I wanted to go to graduate school. Um, and there's, on the flip side, there are people in that program that just hated it. They just didn't like having to do all of that reading, mm-hmm. having to do all of that intensive thinking. Um, and so they found out something equally important, which is that academia wasn't for them. Right. So right. either way, when, by doing a program like that, you figure out at least what you do you want to do or definitely what you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the other thing is just mentorship, which is why I'm so big on mentorship through my business and just as an educator, um, because I had some amazing professors who encouraged me to pursue what I'm passionate about and to not feel like I'm constrained to only one or two different options that were set out by my parents or by my community. And so having those professors who recognize that I have a gift for writing and for reading and thinking about what I'm reading. And telling me that can translate to a career really helped me to break free of many ideas I had about, well, what is a profitable career? What should I be doing in undergrad to be able to make a living for myself afterwards?
0: So after you made the decision in undergrad, that transformative time that helped you narrow in on what you actually wanted to do, you said that you went to grad school and you ended up getting two degrees. Could you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, the first one I did in England. So I a to go abroad, and I did a master's in comparative literature, which is really fun because I was in London. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really great experience to be able to pursue a degree outside of the United States um, and to actually live somewhere else for a while. I was there for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one... Um, was here in Nashville. So I did a master's in English and that was part of, that's part of the road to eventually acquiring the PhD, which I'm currently working on.
0: And how, how did you decide that you wanted to do a program that wasn't in the United States?
1: I think for me, there was, there was a practical reason. And then there was also just the fact that I just wanted to experience something new. Mm -hmm. I went to undergrad only 40 minutes away from home. Mm -hmm. So I was home every other weekend. Um, So I felt like I hadn't really gone anywhere yet. uh, And I felt like I didn't have the opportunity to truly be an independent adult. And I knew I would get that if I was in a whole different continent. Mm. (laughs) So that was one reason. And the practical reason is also that it was less expensive than going to graduate school here. I mean, master's programs, can be pretty expensive in the United States and they're a lot less expensive in Europe. Uh (laughs) So that was the practical reason for doing it. Uh, Because by the time I did my second master's, it was part of a PhD program, so I wasn't paying for it.
0: That's amazing. Did you have any help navigating, figuring out your post undergrad life in terms of what degrees you chose or was it that you did your own research and discovered different opportunities that you thought would be advantageous for you?
1: I definitely can't say that it was 100% me and I just figured this all out by myself. Mm -hmm. I think having involved professors definitely was a big part in how I chose to navigate life after college. And having professors who would sit down with me and talk to me about my interests, how that can translate to something worthwhile after college, I think that really helped me, um, along with, of course, doing my own research about specifically where did I want to go, what specific degree did I want to do, because comparative literature, for example, is different than English, Mm -hmm. although there's a lot of similarities. So figuring out what sort of program I wanted to do and what the purpose was of doing that degree, because I always saw that first master's as something that was going to help me help me be more competitive when it was time to return to the United States and do a PhD program because I knew I wanted to do a fully funded program. Right. So it was just about being strategic about where I went and having an end game for where I wanted it to take me.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, talking about all of these experiences are very important because obviously, navigating that space between figuring out what you want to do, what you're capable of doing, and what would also be profitable for you as a career is such a tenuous thing because there's different competing interests. I guess the question I would have for you is how did you prioritize um, your passions versus you know, being practical?
1: Yeah, so that's a big thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and perhaps it's always been a big thing for people of color um, immigrants, always thinking about how is that degree going to translate into right, profit? Because right. we all have to live. We all have bills to pay. Um, you know, we can't just do things just to do it and not have a plan on how it's going to help us survive after after college. I think for me, though, the problem was that I was taught that there is such a finite, there are so uh, few options, I guess I can say, that I had in order to have a profitable career after college. Mm -hmm. Like, as I said earlier, it was like doctor, lawyer, (laughs) you know, (laughs) choose one. Uh, And that's all you basically can do to have a successful life after college. But obviously that's totally not true. Mm -hmm. Um, The humanities in particular get such a bad rap, um, but following my passions in humanities has allowed me to have a career as an educator, has allowed me to start my own business, and to do something that I find personally fulfilling. So to me, it's I really believe that you can do whatever you want to do. It's about how you do it and how strategic are you when you're pursuing your interest because you can make a living off of anything mm-hmm. if you're good at it and if you're positioning yourself to be successful in that career. So that's something I learned back in undergrad, which is why I decided to pursue – Comparative literature in English and the route of being an educator. Um, and I would give that advice to, to anyone that you can balance both, but it's going to take hard work, of course, and motivation and, and dedication and a strategy to make sure that you're doing the right things so that you can translate your passions into a job or into your own business venture.
0: And one of the things that you talked about, which really hit me, you were talking about this idea of fulfillment, right? And you mentioned at the beginning that one of the things that you're passionate about is your relationship with God and your faith. The question that I have is, how do you live in your purpose while also doing a degree?
1: That's a really good question. (laughs) Um, I think that, you know, a lot of people think those two things are mutually exclusive and they're not. So I think that's the first thing is to realize that purpose and pursuing a degree can and should, I think, go together. Mm-hmm. I know that for me, I know that when I am pursuing my PhD, for um, specifically I study, you know, early nineteenth century African American women's literature. So I'm reading a lot of stuff about slavery, a lot of stuff about women's position in in the late 19th, early 20th century, and that's not everyone's cup of tea, but it's mine, and I love to do it, and I'm really interested in bringing to the 21st century the voices of these women that we often forget, Um, and so that's my degree, Mm -hmm. but it's also my purpose, and I know that when I'm, for me, when I'm pursuing that, I see that I'm pursuing this bigger thing of making african-american women's voices heard that we don't regularly hear or have been forgotten or have gone out of print Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's true for anyone what anyone's doing. I think there's it's not just about the degree It's never about the degree. That's just a means to an end It's about what are you doing in that degree that you think translates to solving a bigger problem or something that you just really love and you're really interested in and you're just your curiosity is just pushing you to know more. Mm-hmm. I think that's when you get to the purpose in the degree program.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's really profound because one of the things that I see and when people ask me questions or you even talk to people that I've mentored, you can see that there's a struggle where people are going to school And whether they're successful or unsuccessful in school becomes a marker of how they feel about themselves or how they feel about their character or their potential or their ability or their intelligence. And it's so important that you see your education as a tool to fulfill your purpose and to see your education as an opportunity to get the skills that you need to continue on in your walk or to continue on in your purpose. So I think what you were saying, um, especially it's not mutually exclusive, that there's not this you who's, you know, focusing on your faith and this you that's in school. There's a way to marry the two so you can end up feeling fulfilled, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that you know, the degree, it, it's terrible when people think, oh, I got a C in this class, so now I feel bad about who I am. Mm-hmm. No, that's a reflection on that class. Maybe even a reflection on that professor mm-hmm. or a reflection on how you were feeling or other things that were going on that semester. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just a minuscule part of the big picture, which is you finishing that degree so that you have options going forward um, and so that you have more of an ability to access a career that's going to fulfill greater interests that you have. Mm-hmm. And so we can't get so stuck on, you know, every individual exam or even an individual class um, mm-hmm. and instead look at the big picture about how that degree is going to be profitable to you. And when I say profitable, I don't just mean economically, Right. I mean personally and psychologically as well.
0: Well, if you had an individual that was coming to you and they were struggling in school, how would you tell them is the difference between you're not doing well in this class because, you know, this isn't the area that you should be focusing on versus maybe you need to learn how to study differently? How would you tell someone that their success or failure in a class, does it really say something about their purpose or is maybe there's something else going on?
1: I think that if you truly believe that you are meant to pursue something, then failing a class or doing poorly in a class does not reflect that you should switch that purpose. Mm -hmm. I think that when we look internally, we can tell what we truly want to do versus what we're doing for our parents or what we're doing because it looks good or it's prestigious. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's an an internal reflection that each person has to do and should be doing if they're pursuing a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, of course, there's times where, you know, we just don't study well, right. or we're not taking the class seriously. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we're not doing as well as we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, in those moments, you have to, to really think internally and and think, you know, am I doing badly because I just didn't put in enough effort? I'm not putting in enough work? Mm-hmm. Or did I do badly because... Um, there's outside external factors outside of my control mm-hmm. and either way, you know, you're never defined by a bad grade. I mean, just literally you can retake a class, of course, Right. you mm-hmm. can, you can take a class somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've done that, mm-hmm. you know, take a class again. Um, there's ways to, um, there's ways to move forward even if you had a low GPA in undergrad, there's still ways that you can get into grad school, get into a great grad school that you're not even paying for mm-hmm. because you focus on other parts of your application. Right. So no matter what situation you're specifically in, if that's what your purpose is and that's what you feel called to do and you have that drive, you mm-hmm. can make it work even if other parts of your you know, prospective application are not where you think they should be.
0: And it's interesting because what I'm hearing when you're talking about making that decision of whether you're just not working hard enough or you're maybe not studying the way that is best for you is that it requires a certain amount of honesty, right? That you have to, you know, be accountable for the things that you are or you are not doing. If you're giving it 100% and it's not working out, that's not the end of the road. There may be a different strategy or a different approach, but if you're just not trying that could either be a sign that you're not motivated or maybe this isn't your passion. And that's two separate things. If you fi- find that you have to force yourself to do something in a way that's, you know, detrimental to your progress, and it's not just, you know, sometimes you have to force yourself to do homework. No one wants to do homework. But yeah. if you're finding that you genuinely cannot get out of bed because you do not care about what you're doing, that might fundamentally be a different problem. So, my next question is, you know, again with being honest with yourself, how do you decide between working after college and pursuing a graduate degree?
1: That's a really big question. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I see from a lot of clients and from my students Uh, People automatically think they should go straight to graduate school because maybe that's what they've been told or they've been told, well, if you leave school, you will never come back. Mm. Um, Different messages like that. But I definitely don't agree with such blanket advice. Um, I went straight to graduate school, and I think that's what worked best for me. Mm -hmm. But I have seen so many situations where it makes way more sense to take time off um, or to not go to graduate school at all. And You know a a lot of people they say that the bachelor's degree is a new high school diploma and i totally don't agree with that statement at all Mm -hmm, even mm -hmm. though it's so common everyone's saying it now Mm -hmm. um but a bachelor's degree is still a bachelor's degree and at the end of the day what matters most is developing your work experience and developing yourself professionally so that you're competitive for the jobs that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. I don't think the answer is to necessarily tack on another degree. Right. Um, I think graduate school is for people who want to pursue degrees that require a graduate degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the only exception to that is if getting a master's degree or whatever degree it is will um, make you have a significant pay hike at a, at a job you presently have, because mm-hmm. I've seen that too. but other than those two situations graduate school probably is not the best option Mm -hmm. um i think a lot of people do it because they just they don't want to have just the bachelor's behind their name they want to they do it for reasons of prestige or just following the crowd Mm -hmm. um and i think that's definitely bad advice so i would say actually in most situations it would make sense to once you finish the bachelor's degree to start trying to get into the career that you want to pursue Mm -hmm. um, because you have to remember that when you go to graduate school you're basically taking years off of your career that's years that you could be working towards a pay increase that's Mm -hmm. years that you could be um, putting money into a 401k or another sort of retirement account Um, and we don't often think about that as young adults in our 20s but -hmm. it does matter and you'll feel it later Um, so think carefully Mm -hmm. about if graduate school is the right decision for you, um, or if you should just go into a career. And you also have to remember that you don't have to get your dream job straight out of college. I mean, how many, I mean, most of us, that's not what happens, mm-hmm. um, even if that's what we want. Um, it's about stepping stones and putting yourself in positions where you're gaining skills and knowledge and you're networking with people so that you can work your way up to that dream job. Um, so never knock taking time off or just not going to graduate school at all. I think both are very valid options that are actually the best options for the majority of people.
0: I think that what's important when a person is deciding um, whether to work or to go straight through is making sure that whatever choice that they make is not based off of expectations or that they should do, that it's actually based off of a plan. Like, of course, you should be flexible. You should have a plan and then be okay if that plan changes over time. But again, you're going to be the person who's doing this job or taking this career or doing all of the things that you want to do. So at the end of the day, it has to be something that makes sense for you. I find that. Um, you know, for me, I took two years off between undergrad and law school and it worked for me. It was important for me to get that legal experience so I could bring that to law school. So I didn't just go to school for the sake of going to school. And I found that I was able to be successful in law school because I knew what I wanted to study. Whereas other people, once they finished law school, they didn't really know what career they wanted to go into. So I think that it's important that whatever choice you make, it has to be based off of a plan. Like think it through, think about, as Danielle was saying, the stepping stones and envision yourself while also knowing that you might try a path and it doesn't work out. And that doesn't mean you're a failure. It means that you then need to move on to plan B. So, you know, those are the things that you want to think about when you're making that choice between going straight through or taking some time off is what makes sense, what feels right. You know you better than anybody else. You know your grades. If you didn't do so well in undergrad, you might want some work experience so that when you apply to your grad schools or if you go into, you know, law school or med school or whatever, you have that experience that you need to bump up your GPA. Or you might want to take some time off so that you can save up for that Uh, Degree that you're pursuing or you might be trying to go out of state. So you need to save up for housing It's all about you knowing what works for you You being honest with yourself and figuring out those next stepping stones for your your career path So as we're talking about careers and choices um, You know as we mentioned at the top of this interview, Danielle has her own business so I wanted to shift a little bit into the fact that she is an entrepreneur so Danielle Could you tell us a little bit about the importance of the entrepreneurial mindset in college, and then we'll transition into talking more about your business.
1: Yeah, so my personal belief is that everyone should have an entrepreneurial mindset. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I don't think that everyone needs to start a business necessarily, but I think everyone should be thinking about how, what they're doing, whether it's a degree or if they're doing an internship or a job, how are you developing skills that are going to be able to benefit you in the long term so it's about not thinking about how can i be beneficial to an employer Mm -hmm. but how how are these skills going to be beneficial to me and how can i utilize these skills so that i make sure that i'm always good um uh, financially but also you know personally and psychologically Um, so that's what i mean by the entrepreneurial mindset
0: it's really interesting that you talk about an entrepreneurial mindset in college. I never actually thought about that before. Um, so obviously it makes sense that if you have that mindset in college, that would translate into you starting your own business. So the question that I have for you is what made you start Martina Writing Services?
1: To be perfectly honest, I started Martina Writing Services because I needed to make some extra money. <laughs> I, was actually, I was actually doing uh, my master's in English and I couldn't legally work there. Mm-hmm. Um, so starting a business was to me my best option to make some extra money for my living expenses. But despite the very perhaps superficial or specific reasons why it started, uh, I'm so happy that I, I did start it three years ago because it's grown into much more than I originally envisioned it. Mm-hmm. And now it's a full service writing business that employs two people. And um, we do all sorts of editing, uh, ghostwriting, and proofreading uh, jobs for students and professionals. So it's really, it's the business has grown far beyond how I envisioned it back in 2015 when I was a broke graduate in London,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's
1: turned into a brand that I'm very proud of, and that's helped tons of students over the years that it's been around.
0: And so you talked about servicing both students and also professionals and trying to help them cultivate their own path and give them the tools necessary to get to where they want to be in their career. So I wanted to also ask you some questions so that those who are listening can get some tips Uh, and obviously, you know, to point them in the direction of your business. But if you have any tips for what you've called the perfect resume.
1: Yeah, so I do a workshop with uh, college students where I help them create the perfect resume. And this is not a traditional resume by any means. It's more like a roadmap to understand what you have to do in college to get you to the place where you want to be after college. Mm-hmm. So, for example, we start thinking about what organizations do I want to join when I'm in college? and of me joining those organizations, what faculty members or staff members or local community members do I want to have relationships with when I'm in college, um, what classes do I want to take when I'm in college, mm-hmm. what sort of extracurricular activities am I interested in, such as research internships, um, that sort of thing. So, it's really about creating a detailed plan that you can then follow um And you're hitting all of these things by the time that you graduate. And that is putting you in a position to do what you want to do professionally.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, what kind of person, what is the kind of person who would benefit from this workshop that you do?
1: It's really for any college student. We also work with sophomores and juniors because we feel like freshman is when you're your feet wet and you're trying to get acclimated to the college environment. Um, senior year is when you hopefully have done more of that reflective work already, and so you kind of know where you're headed afterwards. And when we work with seniors, we're mostly working on graduate school applications or helping them prepare their professional resume uh, and probably cover letters if that's what they need to help them be successful when they go on the job market after graduation. Um, So this is really for any college student, but I would say sophomores and juniors are at the perfect stage to really start thinking about what they can do in college. I just go to class um, to help them be successful. Because when we hear about, we all heard those statistics of you know, college graduates or college graduates who are underemployed and are doing jobs that didn't require the bachelor's degree, they just spent who knows how much money on right and a large part of that is that no longer can you just get a degree and that's it you know I just went to class that's it Mm -hmm. um give me a job it doesn't work that way anymore Mm -hmm. now people want to know what were you doing besides just going to class what were you doing besides just being whatever major you decide to be you know how how to demonstrate that you have leadership capacity Mm -hmm. um how can you demonstrate that you're a critical thinker and the perfect resume workshop is about helping students to uh, create a, a vision plan mm-hmm. for developing those sort of professional skills that will look good to an employer, but as I said earlier, also just help them in general.
0: I like what you said about having a vision plan, um, especially because you, know, you can start to prepare that even before college, but it's definitely fundamental in college Because when you graduate with a degree that tells an employer what you have, it doesn't really tell you much about who you are. And it's the things that you do in addition to your degree, whether it's an internship, whether it's a, you know, because I know when I was working, um, I went to Northwestern for undergrad. And I know that I, you know, I double majored, but I also had jobs, I also did internships. And I think that when you're graduating from college, you feel like you have no work experience, but if you look into things like internships and volunteering and just have a bigger plan, a vision that's bigger than college, because college is just the opening of the doors and then it's your job to walk through it. So you know, it's, I like the idea of what you're talking about, Danielle, which is a vision plan. Um, so, you know, definitely I could see, I wish I had a workshop like that when I was an undergrad, because it sounds like having this kind of workshop could help a person decide, you know make it seem that it's more than just college, that college is the stepping stone to the bigger goals that they have. So that definitely sounds like an amazing workshop. Um, And I know that, you know, I mentioned at the top of the interview that we, we know each other through Tumblr, so I know that there were a couple of questions that people sent in that I would love for you to answer, Danielle. Okay, so the first question that I have that I would like for you to answer, and I know those who are listening would love to hear your thoughts, is um, this person wrote in and said, I've lost motivation for my education. How do I get that back?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really important question, and I think that's something that nearly all of us face mm-hmm. sometimes throughout our education. I can. That as a PhD student, no matter how much I love what I study and how happy I am to be doing this degree and have the privilege of doing this degree, there are moments where I feel extremely stressed and extremely unmotivated. Mm-hmm. Um, I just—I mean, I just went through finals no, literally two weeks no. ago, mm-hmm. so, so it's fresh. You know that feeling of just being totally overwhelmed and just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. Right. But it's the discern- that teaches that shows me that that lack of motivation isn't because i no longer want to do a phd mm-hmm. it's because degrees are hard they're yeah. stressful and uh, no matter what you do there's going to probably be moments where you feel that sense of just total uh, just total stress and just being overwhelmed with everything mm-hmm. and it's about managing those moments but then, on the other hand, you can feel totally unmotivated because you're not doing the degree program or pursuing the career that's right for you. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think the major difference is that, for me, I have those specific moments of high stress, such as finals or midterms, mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, I just am not happy. Right. <laughs> not enjoying this. Um But overall, I can say, you know, I'm excited to wake up and to teach. I'm excited to wake up and read what I need to read Mm -hmm. um, to learn more about a a person that I'm studying. Mm -hmm. So overall, I have this sense of motivation because I sincerely love what I do, Mm -hmm. even though there are those high stress moments where I just feel like I want to quit or give up. Whereas if you're totally in the wrong degree, those moments are gonna have all the time, right. and so I think that's the major difference
0: between the two. Right. I mean, it it sounds like what you're saying is if there is nothing that she can find enjoyable about this process, that that might be a sign of a bigger issue, right? Like if you overall, yeah, because yeah, go we ahead. We don't want
1: to, I don't want to make it seem like. You're, if you're following your purpose, you're never going to be unhappy, mm-hmm. or you're never going to have moments where you feel overwhelmed. I mean, any sort of degree program, it's going to be hard. Right. And it's going to have moments where you don't want to do it and you feel like giving up. So I don't want anyone to think that if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be, if I'm doing the right career for me, that I'm just always going to love every single moment of it because that's impossible. Um, you have to work through those moments. But definitely seeing the difference between – something is hard and I'm going to have to really work at it and I'm stressed out because I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do it. And managing that with, you know, I just don't feel like I want to do anything for this degree program. I don't even know why I'm doing it. I don't even want the career that people tend to do after they finish the degree. That's a totally different situation.
0: And it's interesting because I think that when people are pursuing their purpose, I think that they're talking about What is like there should be a distinction between what's easy and what's fulfilling, right? So you might think that if doing XYZ is easy, then that means that it's your purpose. That's not the same thing as your purpose being something that's fulfilling to you. So you might be doing something that is hard work, that is something that requires a lot of energy, a lot of effort, but it is still your purpose because at the end of the day, it makes you feel full at the end of it. And that's something that goes for your career or just in life in general. A lot of times when you do find your purpose, that means that more challenges are on the way. Because a lot of times if you're you know, speaking from a faith-based perspective, God is constantly challenging you and molding you. So when you do step into your purpose, that doesn't mean that all the challenges melt away it means that you're now in a position where you know what it takes to get you to a moment of peace and fulfillment. And so when you start to feel chaotic or you start to feel stressed, you know how to get back to that sense of peace because you know what your purpose is. That's not the same thing as pursuing what's easy because a lot of times you can do things that are easy and it's not fulfilling. Like if you're you're pursuing a challenging degree and you decide to switch majors because something is easier, that might not that might take you away from the path that you're supposed to do and you end up feeling less fulfilled. So, you know, Danielle, you're talking about a lot of great stuff, especially about discernment and about understanding that just because it's your purpose doesn't mean it's easy and just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not your purpose, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's easy to do what's easy. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Uh, and sometimes there's hurt in doing what's easy in a, at a particular moment or um, juncture in your life, mm-hmm. but know that your purpose is not necessarily going to be easy. It may be easy at times because you may be gifted at it, mm-hmm. you know, and you may be good at certain aspects of it, but uh, there's never going to be anything that you can do that's not going to have bumps in the road. Mm-hmm. Um, that's impossible. Mm-hmm. Um so just be, it's about being prepared for those bumps. And if we're following your purpose, I think that puts in us that motivation to keep going mm-hmm. and to help us see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's about, it's about remaining true to yourself and knowing that even when you have those roadblocks, mm-hmm. they're going to be overcome through persistence and hard work. Mm-hmm.
0: And the other question that someone sent in, we kind of touched on it, which is how do I know that I'm following my purpose with my major or career? And it's a lot of what you were talking about as well. So I wanted to switch the the question up a little bit to tie back to what we were talking about, which is what are some of the things you do um, to remind yourself of that motivation? If it's you know, what are some self care things that you do? that when things are getting hard, you, you get into these routines or these rituals to keep you back on track. What are some of the things that you do personally to keep yourself motivated um, when you know what your purpose is, but you need to get through the hard times?
1: I think the first thing is to remember- Why you started. Um, This is actually something I do when I'm helping clients apply to graduate school. I ask them, you know, why are you going? You know, not just, you know, I want to make a certain amount of money or, you know, I just want to get another degree to put on the back of my name. But, you know, why am I interested in this field? Why am I passionate about it? And so when I'm working with clients who are applying to graduate school, so they're not there yet, but I'm starting to help them think about that. as a way to make their applications easier, because I feel like when you center on that purpose, the personal statement is easier, the resume is easier and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I think that also applies to your question. Uh, When you know what that purpose is and you're in the middle of this program, you're in the middle of finals week or whatever it may be, comprehensive exams, whatever, um, when you can return to that purpose and remembering why you started, I think it gives you the motivation to keep going The other thing is just to make sure that you have work-life balance. You can't work all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not made to work all the time. The reason why we have spring break, we have winter break, and we have summer is because people know that you can't maintain the intensity required to be successful in a degree program year-round. That's impossible. Mm So to make sure that you create a sense of balance, um, not just taking these appointed times, summer which is right now, mm-hmm. to take a break, but also thinking about maintaining that work-life balance throughout the semester as well. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I treat my Ph.D. like a 9 a job. You know, I'm working in the daytime and in the evening. I'm, you know, doing stuff that I just like to do for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not working all the time. I'm not working hours. And the same is true for entrepreneurship. You know, I'm answering emails in a certain set time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, there's there's moments where you have to break those sorts of rules, um, when you just have an incredible amount of stuff going on, mm-hmm. but generally you should be able to say that I'm not working around the clock. Mm-hmm. I'm not working 24 seven, that I know when I'm off and when I'm taking a break, because mm-hmm. when you have that balance, you're able to come back, um, with a certain, uh, ferocity when you start working back again. Um, mm-hmm. when you have that time off to yourself, it's easier to stay focused and to be efficient until you return back to work.
0: Right, and, and, and for those of you who maybe don't get spring breaks and summer breaks, or for those of you who maybe have to take summer classes, you know, what Danielle's also talking about here is the importance of creating that balance because someone's not going to hand you the best, like no one, as the older you get, they're not going to give you a step-by-step guide to making sure that you're balanced. It's something that you have to prioritize. And understand that when people say that you have to find a work-life balance, that doesn't necessarily mean like balance in terms of everything being equal. Balance often means prioritizing, that you only have so many hours in the day and there's sometimes some times where you're going to have to spend 50% on family, 50% on your job or 50% school, 50% on your job or whatever different proportions that you want to do. But there are gonna be days when work is more important, where school is more important, where your spiritual life is, well obviously you should constantly be working on your spiritual life, but when there's a day when you need to take a mental health or spiritual care day so that you can focus on these things. So whether you have these natural breaks of spring break or summer break, Or it's something that you just consistently have to build in. Um, I know for me as an attorney, I've started to sometimes as a criminal defense attorney, I have to work on the weekends. So there would be weeks where I had six-day work weeks. But with my job, if I work on the weekend, I get what's known as a comp day. I get a free day. What I've started to do is now when I have a day where I'm working Saturdays, I never work on Sundays. I always switch out. But if I'm working on a Saturday, then I take Wednesday off. And that's what helps me. Yeah, I lose that free day, but it also helps me to make sure that my work week is never longer than five days a week. So either way, whether you're a student or you're working, it's about you making a plan to make sure that you're going ahead and balancing your work life. That brings us to the end of the questions that were sent in for Danielle to answer. And that also brings us to the end of this interview. Thank you so much, Danielle, for sticking it out and doing this interview. There's so much information that you've provided, not just for individuals who are looking for professional career advice, but also for those who are looking for undergrad, graduate, and PhD advice. So thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us today. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's honestly an honor because I know that we've been friends for a while, but it's been amazing to see you develop and grow as this young woman who is pursuing degrees, doing her own business, and taking charge of the plans that she has for her own life. So um, I know that those who are listening to this podcast would love to be able to get in contact with you with regards to your business and even to just learn more about you. So could you let the listeners know where they can find you?
1: Yeah. So Martina Writing Services is on Instagram and Tumblr. We provide, you know, tips, advice on a daily basis. So please follow us like to and you can find us at at martina m-e-r-t-i-n-a writing on both instagram and tumblr and if you just like to talk to me personally i'm on tumblr uh, my blog is danielle um martina m-e-r-t-i-n-a and you can send me a message you know i love to chat with anyone who wants to talk so always feel free
0: Amazing. And so when you guys tune in to the podcast, either on iTunes or on SoundCloud, I'll be sure to include those links so that you can get in contact with Danielle um, on an individual basis or even on a business basis, because this is a young black woman who's doing amazing work on her own, self-motivated, definitely inspiring, and it's great to support. So just like you're supporting me on this podcast, make sure you support her and show her how much you appreciate the advice that she's given you today. So that brings us to the end of another podcast episode. Thank you so much for tuning in all the way to the end. Thank you again to Danielle for being one of our first interviewees, especially with the long distance. Thank you guys for bearing with us with the sound quality. I hope that you heard all of the good things that Danielle was saying. And thank you to those of you who have continued to leave comments on the podcast for iTunes. We've had two more comments, um, one by... Um, I'm going to say this wrong, Adelisao, and another one by Just Soani, and that takes us to 83 ratings and comments on iTunes. I'm really excited by all the positive feedback you guys give me. I'm hoping to hit 100 comments and ratings, so if you'd like to help support the podcast for free, (laughs) leave a rating on iTunes. I pray that this podcast episode, as you're approaching, those of you who are in school are approaching your summer break, Um, I hope that you're taking time to rest, to refocus, to recalibrate, to think about some of the things that we talked about these big decisions you have to make you don't have to do them on your own you can do so with the support of god with the support of danielle if you'd like to use her business and with the support of me you can always send me an email at strength and shield podcast at gmail.com. you can follow on instagram all one word at my strength and my shield or on twitter at msms podcast until the next episode take care beloved